I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone. It's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith, Smith Show. Show. Thank you, Places. Okay, tonight we are stepping into the time machine, going back about 25 years to a little place called Shenandoah University where we met tonight's guest. So, yes, strap in. We're headed back to the mid-90s. It's going to be a blast. Um, we're going to take a break. When we're back, we'll be back with actress Laura Wyaz. We'll be right back. Hello. Oh my god, this is the coolest. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Hi, Laura. Hello, my friends. Hello, hello. Um, are you are you in the New York City right now? I am not in the New York City. I'm going there next week. Um, I am in Ridgefield, Connecticut, right now. Um. I was just asking because it seems like sometimes when we call New York with the apartments and stuff that maybe phone connections get kind of wonky. Oh, well, it might be wonky. Yeah, I can imagine that is a thing. But here I'm just like in the middle of the woods. So, <laughs> so I don't know that I have the best service. I have like a bar. You, yeah. sound, <laughs> you sound great. Okay, great. And, um, well, welcome to the Connor and Smith show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This we're going to have a lot to talk. What are we going to talk about, Stephen? I don't know. We're just going to make it up. Well, I put up some lyrics. We're not going to talk about this yet, but I did put up some lyrics online because I've got Google. Oh, uh, what's that? And I pulled up, um, if you think it's lonesome <laughs> where you are tonight. Which I remember from a summer theater. Where we, we, I don't, we, don't, we don't have to talk about SSMT, but I was our friend Ryan Dean Halbrook. Do you remember Ryan Dean Halbrook? Of course, I remember Ryan Dean Halbrook. Of course, well, Ryan Dean Halbrook is actually sitting here. He's our producer sometimes on this TV show that turned into a podcast. Um, are you gonna say hi? Or are you just gonna not say hi, Ryan Dean? Halbrook? Hi, Laura. How are you? <laughs> it's it's a cast of Pippin reunion. Oh my God, where is Mary Robert? <laughs> So anyways, I was in the kitchen and I was, I don't know, pouring myself a cup of cold coffee, which is what I do when I, um, I guess when I, I'm nervous. Um, oh. And uh, I said to Ryan, oh my God, you remember? Laura was like the person in Big River that like stood there and sang, if you think it's lonesome. I sure did. And it was such sure beautiful did. music. Oh my God, I love Big River. I mean, I love country in, in general. Anything country, I'm like there for it. But the fact that there's a musical with that style, um, I, yeah, I love, love, love that show. Also, I loved all the shenanigans that went on with the coffin in that show. Oh my God, <laughs> I forgot. Because they would keep putting different things in the coffin. Yeah, and I would and have to walk people... by and not laugh. Like, wasn't there sing. like a Tickle Me Elmo in it one time? Yep, sure it was. Sure was. Oh, my gosh. Aww. What's that? A chicken oh in the coffin? <laughs> they would put, like, a whole, like, rotisserie chicken in there, like, cooked. Okay, so if anyone is going to listen to this, well, how many guests are we going to get, Stephen? Six? What are you talking about? 
Awesome. I'm, I'm it's Laura Wyatt. We'll have millions of people. Of course. But maybe people should chime in if they if they were a part of that big river shenanigans and let us know what you put in the coffin. Yeah, let's call it fess up. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I'm sure Maggie Portman has a few things to fess up. Uh, <laughs> <Maggie> <laughs> she was one of the she was one of the boys, wasn't she? Yeah. What? Wasn't she? Wasn't she one of Matt Connors and Ryan Dean? Were we all? Were we called the game. All together now. We are. The we boys. are the boys. Oh my God. Well, anyways, we're not going to talk about Big River. I'm not sure why I even brought that up. But no, I'm glad you did. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, it says here that you are a actress, singer, and funny girl. <laughs> I mean, I suppose that's debatable, but I like to think I'm funny. <laughs> I think you're funny. I think when we, I think we used to really laugh a lot together. I crack myself up all the time. Um, where are you from originally? So I'm actually, um, thank you for asking. I'm from the Hartford, Connecticut area. So you're kind of back home-ish now. I'm not, um, I'm in my home state, but I'm not home. But Connecticut is the home state. Yeah, yeah. Because isn't Connecticut like only like three miles long? Connecticut's pretty small. It's, it's about mini. like it's about like two hours, like border to border, I think. But, but I'm like, you, hmm? you didn't choose to go to a school in your state. You chose Shenandoah. I did. So I, my senior year. I mean, I was always a very kind of like a shy kid, and I started taking voice lessons in my senior year. But from um, Diana Kino, I still remember her name. And she was the first person that was like, you can, you can like do this. You can go to school for this and this can like be your job. And up until then I was like, what? I it didn't, it didn't even occur to me that like you could be on Broadway or whatever. Um, so she gave me these pamphlets for Shenandoah University. And then I also auditioned for like all the SUNY schools, like the state university in New York, um, NYU, and I, I didn't, I didn't apply to a lot of schools, but at any rate, Shenandoah, Dr. Albert, um, they came to Hartford. So I didn't have to go to Virginia to audition. So they came to Hartford and I auditioned. And then I also got into the, the Fredonia school and the Potsdam schools, but I was like, it's too cold up there. I'm going to go south. Yeah. <clears throat> That's pretty much how I decided where I was going to go to school. Well, they came to you, so that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, you didn't even have to go to the audition. They came to you. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> did you but, go to San Andreas, Stephen? Stephen, to, like, did you drive there? Oh, yes. Because oh, okay. you're from Virginia, aren't you? Are you from oh, no. I'm from uh, south of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh. Matt, yeah. you're from Virginia, though. Matt is from uh, Stevens City, funny enough, the name. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no, I, I came down to audition. You, you, did you come up from, you were in Georgia, right? Yeah, yeah, we drove 12 hours, the Portman and Halbrook family. Oh yes, my god! All gosh. together. Yep. Do you want to hear about my audition at Shenandoah? Yes. Okay, I knew nothing growing up and I still don't. Not true. But I wanted Life. to go to Shenandoah. I really didn't have any lessons or, or talent or training. But I wanted to... I, I, Shenandoah, was, Shenandoah was kind of like my ticket out, if that mm. makes sense. Absolutely. So I, I put together a monologue from the Glass Menagerie, which was completely and utterly wrong for me, probably. I don't even know what, what part I did. 
And I had two songs. Uh, one was You Coax the Blues Right Out of the Corn Horn or whatever. <laughs> Anyways, I auditioned for Dr. Albert and Mr. Herman in a private studio of a voice teacher there mm. in Armstrong in that long hallway. No way. And when I finished auditioning, Mr. Herman pulled his glasses down. He said, um, <laughs> you, Matt, you do know that this is a serious <gasps> program, program, don't you? <sighs> and I said, oh, yes, sir. Oh, and, but yeah. you got in, but you got in. I got in and I started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. Do you know, one time during acting class, it was my freshman year and I was, you know, you had to be an object. And I had the idea that I was going to be like the agitator in the washing machine. Yeah. Um, you know, that little thing that like just like goes back and forth. Yeah. And I like was standing there and I looked up and I pretended like clothes were being dropped on me. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. and I started like shaking and moving. And I thought it was like pretty great. And Mrs. Herman was like, have you ever been on a stage before? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, are you trying to be sensational? What what was that? I was like, no. I was like devastated, but Oh my gosh. I think she did that to all of us at one point or another. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um. Well, I, I'm not going to talk about myself because this is Laura's show, but, you know, I did take Mrs. Herman's um, acting cl improv class twice. Oh, wow. I was scared to do that. Well, I did it because I really felt like I kind of like missed the entire thing because I was like confused every class. Like, what are we doing? Wait, I think you retook it with me. That might be the case because yeah. I was I started I started class uh, a semester earlier than the class I graduated with. Oh. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. let's talk about auditioning. <laughs> let's, talk about, let's talk about auditioning, Laura. You, okay. of course, you have done an array, an array. Let me, where are my glasses? I don't know. Where are your I glasses? I lost my glasses. Here they are. Spectacles. You, yeah. You've just done an array of things um, all over the country. And, of course, Wicked um, on Broadway. What's that? <laughs> Even Wicked is a show that is sort of like um, what the washing machine agitator <laughs> did to the Wizard of Oz. Oh, mm -hmm. it turned it inside out That's and right. told it from the inside denim jean version. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. um, when you're auditioning, Laura, do you still go through kind of the same process that you went through in college of like finding new material? researching what you're going to be auditioning for and trying to find a, an in a window of like this is what you should see me as do you have that wonderful audition book um you know work? honestly that's what you know at this point in my life as i'm like you know older um i'm sort of redoing all of that as we speak like i'm 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 taking voice lessons again um, I'm trying to prep myself for like mom roles, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in between as, as it were, you know, I'm very I'm short <laughs> and little. So 
Um, and I have a younger kind of aura, but you know, I'm not 22 anymore, so I can't be mini Faye. Um, so I, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, I'm like revamping my book, learning some more, you know, age appropriate material, um, taking lessons just to, for my voice to, to kind of not to mature my voice. I mean, I have a young sound, but to access that if I need to, um, you know, um, do you find that voice training has changed throughout your career in the, in the sense of how people approach the actual uh, teaching styles? Like, you know, are, are teachers still doing the, you know, Jackson Sheets sort of um, style of teaching? Or are people focusing more on different things? I have a friend that is getting his doctorate, actually at Shenandoah. Oh. Um, and I'm just fascinated at when we talk about what they're doing now, because it's all so different than what, what I went through. I, I think you're right there. I think that the right now, even with um, a, a couple of teachers that I've had, it's, it's much more based on like the placement of your larynx. And before I never really, Honestly, I never really bothered to think about that, but it's a lot of like lower your larynx and raise your soft palate. So for me, that that's helpful, right? Because it gives you more space. And before you, I was just like singing like from my guts, you know. But this is a is a, I feel like I'm a, I'm approaching singing in a much healthier way, especially as I get older and my voice. It you know it is it's it is maturing. Um, so yeah, I do I do think there's a big difference. When I first started taking lessons, it was like, you know, think of a color and sing this song kind of type thing. And now it's definitely more technique. You know, you have to have your technique because you're, you're asked to sing so many different styles. So you can't sing a, you know, you have to be able to sing a legit soprano song, but then come out with like a pop rock song and not blow your chords. Right. right. So I think that is, the demands are, are different for a singer now, you know, they used to have like singer tracks and dancer tracks and like actors. And now it's like, you have to like belt an F and do like a triple. <laughs> right. And then be raised on silks and breathe fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, yeah. So you did Glenda, are you a part of Wicked for like five years or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I did it for five years. Mm hmm so when you do something like that for five years, it, like any job, do you get like weeks off for vacation that you can like leave and take a break? How does that work? Yeah, you get a vacation. Um, I also, I was in three different companies. So for me, it wasn't, you know, it's definitely demand a demanding job. Don't get me wrong, but it was like, okay, I was on tour for a year and a half. And then I went to the LA company for seven months. And then I went to the Broadway company for the rest of the time. But no, you definitely get, you, you get vacation, you get a week vacation, um, or you'd get personal days, but, um, you, they have to be approved by management because, you know, if I'm out the swing, also, you can't have the same day off as like the swing because the swing it has to go on for me. So if they put in for a vacation before me, then I won't, you know, you know what I'm saying? I won't get it. Right. Or if they put in the day, request the same day as me, and they put it in like even like a day b before I did, then they're going to be like, no, you can't take it because, you know, she has a vacation and no one's, no one's in the building to cover you. So everyone always has to be covered. So it's not that 
they won't give you the days, but they have to make sure that there are people to do the show. Right, right. Now, when you were with Wicked, you sort of began, uh, you joined an organization, got involved with the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah, I did that for a, a really long time. Yeah, I we we would do a lot of really cool things with Wicked and and to give back to to the community. And they still, to their credit, they still do. Like they even reached out to me a couple months ago and was like, "This is when you know tickets are going on sale, and please share this on your social media." Like they're really lovely that way. Like we, I still love that family. Um, and the company manager was emailing me. I'm like, I want to come. And um, so they're really good with their alumni. Um, and we did this event. I think it was a Halloween event. Um, yeah, it was it was Halloween. And we, me and the alphabet at the time, went and sang for the kids. And, and I was just, you know, I was like, okay, I'm never, I'm never leaving this place. <laughs> it's a bunch of beautiful children who have, some of them have a terminal, I mean, they all have a terminal illness, but some of them get treated and they leave. Um, and they're all, you know, they're, they're just happy and they just want to be kids and they're in their Halloween costumes. And some of them have like ports and they're hooked up to things. And some of them like have no hair, but they're, they're just like joyous to be around. And I was like, Okay, how do I be here every day and more? <laughs> right. Now, didn't this lead to you being a published writer? For uh, Did you write two children's books? So I wrote, I wrote a couple about my dog, my dog <laughs> Wally. Um, and my, they, my, photographs um have been published but yeah they they sort of you would go to the house and you would play with them or you would do experiments with them and I th- I had this idea to have them do the illustrations for my children's books um then it got a little like complicated on how how to appropriately do that with the families and things so that sure that didn't actually happen but um but yeah I love writing I'm actually in the middle of writing another book right now um, about kindness. And, um, you know, I I really kind of want to spread this message that it's really not hard to be kind. And I I think it's, it it really, you know, one thing COVID has, has taught me is that we're really all connected, right? And if you can connect people through kindness and, you know, increase your, your kindness quotient a little bit every day by just doing simple, simple tasks, you know, you can really create a lovely community, neighbor, you know, environment, family life. I, I just like a little experiment. Um, I don't have a name for it yet, but it's all, it's all done. Um, so I will be looking to publish that by the end of this year. Oh, that's beautiful. Now, do you already see the cover? Like how, how big is it? Is it like a pool book that is easy and, and sort of small? Or is it like a larger book that it'll take um, me a little while to sit down and read? No, it's super easy. It's like every week I give you something free um, and easy to do. Um, and then you can journal about it. So there's sections like doing things for other people, doing things for the planet, doing things for yourself. Like they're really simple. Like, this week, 
stay away from social media and plug in and, and give people eye contact. Like my whole thing is like, it really shouldn't cost you anything to be kind. And a lot of the things are like, pay for the person's meal behind you. But I'm like, you don't even have to do that. You can just like smile at someone on the elevator and then journal about it. Because if your intention is, I'm going to smile to be to be kind, like, you don't know, you could make that person's day, like give someone a compliment. So it's it's 52 things. It's one thing a week that you do and you journal about and you can do it with a partner or with, you know, a whole Broadway show could do it and be like, hey, we're going to do this kindness experiment thing. Um, or a 4-H club or whatever. I don't know. I'm super jazzed about it. Um, no, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, such a great idea. So uh, would there be like an interactive part, like a go to um, laurawayas.org and you can also t tell me your experience about on page 22 when you were supposed to buy the person's order behind you at Starbucks or whatever. <laughs> Um, that's a really good idea, and I'll steal that. Thanks. <laughs> you know, a, a friend of ours, another guest on the show, Meg Gillantine, who's a, uh -huh. she went on a kindness tour with uh -huh. a friend of hers across the country. So I, I, I love that as artists, we're kind of ministers of culture and, and you know, the trying to find a pulse and a beating heart in America again by, by sharing kindness is such a great um things that have has come out of this past like miserable year and a half yeah so, I, I agree you know and I I'm, think, sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say I'm encouraged uh to hear that you're working on that kind of a project that's awesome thank you I want to make it cool to be like kind and sexy to be kind and nice and you know we don't have to you know be mean yeah we don't have to be snarky and like there's Holy just, people yeah um so I think it's awesome too. I'm sure a lot of your career gives you, it opens the door a little bit with just the name Glenda of, of having opportunities to be able to um, be able to give back and think about a bigger community. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining being a part of Wicked is sort of like the people who are in Les Mis and it creates like this family because so many people mm -hmm. have kind of gone through the similar experience, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm still very close to a, a handful of people. You know, it's just, it's in a way it's a machine. So it, it's like there's, at one point there were so many companies and so many, you know, there was across different continents. So to, so to be a part of three different companies, I got to, you know, make a lot of friends and family and you're all like doing that together and, and, and that's really, it's just really a lovely experience. And it's the type of show where it really impacts people. I mean, when we were in LA and, and, and New York, people would come every day to that show because it's such an identifiable, you're either like a Glinda or an Alphaba or you're a little bit of both, right? Like, and these kids, these young kids, or either, I thought they were kids, but they turned out they were like 23 would be there like every day. And it's just such a, it's really, when it comes down to it, it's like a really touching story about like two friends and, and love and and showing up and being there. And, and I think it's, it really impacts people. And that's, those are the kinds of stories I really like to tell. Yeah. Well, did that's you- That's why I love Come From Away and I want to be in that show really badly. <laughs> 
Um, and they're performing here on the steps of the. I know. You know what? I don't see it. No, I don't think there's any reason why you just can't like just slide into the the back and just do the show. <laughs> I'll like up. I'll be the plane. I don't even care. I'll be any, oh. any part in that show. No, wait. This is great. This is where you come and you stay with me and Steven and Ryan. Even though Ryan doesn't live here, he does. Okay. <laughs> um, you come and you stay with us and Connie. <gasps> Connie, her new thing is somehow she is always in whatever show she wants to be in. <laughs> Now, who is Connie? <laughs> well, that, that's what we're going to bring up. That was my segue. Oh, that was so smooth, Matt Connor. That was so smooth. <laughs> my segue because <laughs> now uh, we are mutual friends also with, um, is it Wayne Duvall? That we just, that you just did a show with a while back. Uh, was he in Cheers or? No. Wayne? Mm. Yeah. No, Paul vote, Paul. Oh, we were talking to Paul. That's right. Was yeah, he in yeah. tears? Yes, he was Norm. Oh my gosh. So did Connie, was Connie created during cheers? Connie was created during a costume fitting in cheers. Okay. Um, so I'm going to shut up. Steven's going to shut up. Ryan has already left emotionally, but he's still here. <laughs> um, I, he has a shirt on that says Tiger Beer, and I think he's thinking to himself, when can I open the beer? <laughs> that um, is not true. It is true. Um, okay, Laura, now I'm going to give you the microphone, uh, and I'm going to not be Mrs. Herman and say, you have. are you crazy? Have you never been on this stage? I'm going to say, yes, you do look like a washing machine. And <laughs> Thank you. I Finally. Want you, I want you to walk everyone through the amazing creation of Connie. Oh, thank you. It's actually a really fun story. So I had decided I wanted to do plays. And um, I just wanted to have another thing other than like singing and dancing. And I really, I really wanted to focus on plays. And so this is all very crazy. I saw that one of the the writers was a guy that I did a show with like 10 years prior. And he was like, I don't really have any pull to get you an audition, but, you know, I'll put your name in the hat, whatever. And I reached out to casting myself, um, which was Joy doing at the time. And I got an audition and I ended up going in for Diane and for Carla, um, two very different characters. So I got cast as like in in the show in the ensemble but i understudied both of them so i'm in my costume fitting and there's this one scene where i was to come in i was you know in the ensemble in this scene and i was i was to come in as it as a tourist and i go into my costume fitting and they they have they've pulled all these like really smart like trench coat trench coats and like raincoats and like really metropolitan-y type garb, right? And I look over and I see this like purple tracksuit. <laughs> and I was like, Who who's wearing that? And God bless him, Michael McDonald, he was like, mm, uh, well, that's too big for you. And I was like, I'm just saying I would love to wear a tracksuit on stage. 
And he was like, really? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm a tourist in this scene. I can, I can be from anywhere. I don't have to be like from like New York city touring Boston. I can be from anywhere. I only have like one line. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And God bless him. He let me try it on. It was massive, but he was like, oh my God, this is amazing. We need to get you a fanny pack. They pulled like glasses for me. They, they had like a Boston Red Sox hat that they gave me and like lanyards and things that I could put around my neck. And I was like, oh my God, I'm Connie from Wisconsin. I could be, I could be from Wisconsin guys. And that in that costume fitting was how that happened. And then the wig guy, um, taught me, oh shoot, I'm sorry, I forgot his last name, but, um, he designed an entire eighties wig for Connie like weird like um what was what were those perm those perms called like spiral perms oh yeah and um, connie became like a whole thing like i walked like, in and i was like why are we going from one bar to another bar and it just became like more i was originally like i think just supposed to be like off stage or something and it just became like this character that everybody really really liked i need to do more of her videos she's funny but um yeah it was just like because of this costume fitting which i will say not every designer is that kind or giving in their fitting because they're like it's my design you know what i mean yeah so you can he, you can keep quiet and just change and just change your clothes yeah he's like no i have the design thanks i don't really need your input i went to school for this <laughs> okay um but he was really really awesome and they just went with, like, they got, they got a huge kick out of it. Um, the, everybody, like, director, the whole team was like, yes, Connie. <laughs> That's hysterical. So, I love watching anytime you post Connie up there because I know immediately that is, it is going to be, you know, minutes of some, someone else that you've created. Oh. <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, I mean, it's going to be Connie, not Laura. When, yeah. I, when I hit, yeah, uh, I mean, I hit go. When I hit yeah, is that a button? Well, no, I was thinking it should be a button. Yeah. It's the like, yeah button, yeah. Because let's just think about this. I want a yas button. Uh. I, mean, I, I always feel weird when I when I see something online that's kind of like not really great news. It's sort of mediocre news. And then all you do is like, like it. I know. You're like, like, you're like, well, I don't really like it. Yeah. So maybe, so maybe we do need a yeah. Listen, I, I plus one that. I learned that. Have you, have you heard this phrase? I plus one that? I'm, I learned no. it this week. No. I plus one that. It's a new way of saying I agree. I plus one that. Oh, my God. We can just totally steal that. Totally steal it. I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a, a Zoom musical, and we have rehearsals right now for, like, for every Tuesday and Thursday. Um, and, and, you know, the, the kids are like, I plus one that. And I was like, what? What is that? <laughs> what does that mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I'm looking at Steven's phone and it says we've been talking for 30 minutes. Do we have another 15 in us to go? I'm, does that, does I'm, that work with your time frame, Laura? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Well, what else should we talk about? Right, besides this Zoom musical, let's just plug some things if we want to talk about anything. Is there anything that we want to plug right now is there a place where people can find you if, if they want to find out information about what's up? Do you have that sort of thing going on? Or is it just like a Facebook thing or what? 
Um, I haven't been super active on social media lately. I need, I need to do that more, but I was recently, um, I, I did a, I did a, an entire zoom play, which was an equity play, which was like really weird to get the contract and all that stuff. Um, so it was filmed on zoom and it was a play about zoom oh. and it's called zoom with a view. And, uh, I, I need to check Facebook. I, I think it might still be up. I didn't ever like plug it or anything, but it was streaming on like Broadway world or something like that. Um, I really need to. I see. I see that you were in Grumpy Old Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was really fun. With Ed Dixon. Ed Dixon and Hal Linden, who I had the biggest crush on. Oh, that's super fun. Hal Linden and Sally Struthers were. Oh my gosh, Sally Struthers was in it too. Yeah, and that's... um, um, oh my God, Mark Jacoby. Um, was the other guy, um, was Ed Dixon's neighbor. He, he played my dad. <laughs> um, and you guys got to record that, correct? Yeah, we, we recorded it, um, which was super fun. It was, we weren't really planning on recording it, but then they were like, we're going to make a cast album. And so we did it like the last weekend of shows. We somehow squeezed in a cast recording and it, we ended up doing it on the stage, which is not a typical way. Like we didn't go to a studio or anything, but um, it was a really fun show and I, people loved it. It was up at Ogunquit, which I don't know if you've ever been to Maine, but it's gorgeous. And um, um, Yeah, we had Ed on. Oh, uh, you did? He's, I bought his book. He's a character, right? Oh, we have this book too. Yeah, we did Sunset Boulevard with him years mm. ago. Um, and he was Max, of course, in that. Um, but yeah, I, I had to, he loved that experience. And, and I think we brought up that you were in that with him. But uh, in the bar I fell over one night in, one, in that one scene, remember at the drugstore? That was, yes, in, in Sunset Boulevard, you mean? Yeah, and I think you start, you just stood there and like laughed at the girl, I, I think, in, right there when, in, during, in, a, in a live production. <laughs> I did. What? You were just like shoulder shaking, laughing. Yeah. Well, she had her first line was coffee, and she and the coffee had spilled all over the floor. <laughs> so she said very smartly, she said, Coffee later? <laughs> and I just like shook my head, like, no, and laughed and walked away. Uh, <laughs> that's very adorable. That is adorable. Do you have any you have any stories from a performance where something just like that goes awry or oh yeah when meg guillantine was in cats that i mean this is a repeat go back and listen to her episode but she said when they were in cats i forget what the game was called but they would like shoot each other with like imaginary pistols and their you know their fingers were like little pistols and if you got shot you had to like drop immediately to the ground after oh my god dead and then kind of jump right back up into the choreography <laughs> and i'm like are you kidding me what? But you know, when you're in cats, no one really knows what's. It's true. Yeah. You know, no one knows. No, no one, one knows. knows what exactly the cat is supposed to do. So I think yeah. that's hysterical. I have a couple of stories like during Wicked. I mean, you know, it's everything is, is automation these days. And, and that stuff doesn't always go right. Right. It kind of goes sideways. 
Um, so a couple of times, like I just got stuck up in the bubble and like it's on the track and it, it won't, it just <laughs> like, it's supposed to lower and I'm supposed to get out and sing and walk around and greet the people. And it just would kind of get stuck and I would have to like mark time, make things up. Um, or the person who was unhooking the, um, what are those little hooks called that they're like, mm, I can't remember what they're called, but I had a big one on the back of my dress and they, they couldn't get it like unclipped and I couldn't get out of the bubble. Um, <laughs> but probably one of the scariest things that happened during Wicked was it was my first time on, uh, well, my first time on actually was at intermission. I was in Toronto and they were like, I was doing the show. I was in the ensemble and I was in the show and, and her, like her voice went out and they're like, go change. And I had to like switch at intermission. I was like, I don't even know if I know the lines yet for the second act. And I was, there's a picture of me like going over my script in the dressing room. So that was really fun. But in New York, I don't know if you've ever been to the Gershwin Theater, but I think it's the biggest theater in New York. It's um, it's like an entire city block long. So I had I had had my my put in, which is like your kind of final dress rehearsal, and and then I didn't go on for a while. And you have understudy rehearsal and all this and all that, but you don't go through the backstage choreography necessarily during your understudy rehearsal. So it was my first time on and it was near the end of act one where they're in the wizard's chamber or whatever. And Elphaba runs off and she's like, no, it's you. It's you. No. And she runs and I'm like, I'll be right back. You're awesomeness. And I go to chase her like Elfie, Elfie. Now the girls are supposed to go off stage left, take a sharp left, go down the death stairs, which is what we call them because they're actually put in backwards. They're like short, long, short, long, short, long. Oh gosh. Yeah. And you're in these like dresses and you're supposed to like go underneath the stage past the orchestra, but like take a left, go through the orchestra, go up the steps and come back on stage. Well, I go off stage, I go down the death stairs and she's already, you know, she's a, a, ahead of me. So I don't see her. And I take a right and a right and a right instead of a left and a left and a left. And all of a sudden I'm like somewhere lost in the Gershwin in the underbelly of the Gershwin. The music is playing dun, 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 dun. And I'm supposed to be like, I hope you're happy. And I'm still like lost downstairs, like somewhere in the Gershwin. <laughs> And I didn't know where I was going because I was like, this theater is so big. I'm lost. And, oh, my gosh. And my mic is still on. I'm like, <laughs> just breathing heavy. And all of a sudden, I see these like these flashlights. And they're like, over here, over here. And my dresser, thank God for her, because I'm. that's a point in the, in the show where like you can take a water break, not a we can like take a sip while you're passing her. And she had flagged me down and was like waving her flashlight. And I was like, oh my God. My God. <laughs> but if it weren't for her, I would still be lost somewhere in the Gershwin Theater. <laughs> in the parking garage. <laughs> and I'm finally like, I'm like, I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy now. But I'm like still downstairs <laughs> saying my lines because like, the, you know, the, they had to keep going. 
Yeah. So I finally made it up, like up the stairs and the trap door and whatever. But that was scary times. <laughs> so wait, they heard you, but did not see you on stage. So the other yeah. actress had to just kind of react to the air. I don't know what she was doing, Stephen. I have no idea. She was just out there solo. Oh my God. Just like dead on the vine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but Glinda's a a good witch so she can her voice can travel anywhere That's yeah true. sure sure true. yeah Very true. magic and stuff like that yeah <sighs> totally yeah, yeah. It's fun times i'm directionally challenged to this day <laughs> but you know that's true that you know they you never get to rehearse with like the props and the right. you know all the stuff that you actually need to when you're going i had countless situations like that and it's thankless and awful you know but it's necessary exactly. um, yeah i'm sure you have yeah you you know what i'm talking about you rehearse with like the stage manager and the dance captain and then you get to the show and they're like oh there's 12 people here what <laughs> we had a, a different witch uh situation in into the woods here where an actress who was understudying the witch <laughs> supposed to go down a was well, that well, that was a separate thing uh no when priscilla went on for the witch and it was the final scene of act one and we have all the objects and she didn't have the cup that we were supposed to milk the cow she forgot the cup and oh. so i'm like we're all looking at her and her next line was supposed to be quick quick into the cup and there's she's not she didn't have a cup and we're all just staring at each other <laughs> and then I said, is there a cup around? <laughs> and she she like puts her hand to her chin like she's thinking and slowly turns and is like looking on the set. And I, I said, wait, I think I see one and ran back and got one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love shen I love shenanigans. We When I was doing uh, Attack of the Elvis Impersonators, which was like an off-Broadway show, we... Yeah, listen, we misbehaved on that show like no other show I've ever been a part of. We would we would play pranks on each other on stage. We would, it, it was it was it was really, really fun. Like I probably shouldn't be saying this because it's very unprofessional. <laughs> but we were like, okay, we're doing a show called Attack of the Eldest Impersonators, guys. <laughs> and it was this amazing cast and and uh, we, at a certain point, had to accept and deliver the material as written. Um, in other words, like, I'm sorry to say it, like, the show wasn't very good, but we all had to, like, commit to it and be like, we're doing this, we're doing this. And we would, we, we would just misbehave so badly. At, at one point, um, a gal in the show, she brought Oreos on stage. And she 1,000% shoved an Oreo down another actor's mouth like three seconds before he had to sing. And he had no idea like what was happening. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like just things like that. Just I would put pictures in the Bible. So like when the, when the guy playing the priest would like open it to marry us, like he would just be like shaking his shoulders. Um, it was maybe I shouldn't be saying these things, but it was a time. And I miss those times on stage. Well, like, don't honestly, you love that about, like, doing a show and doing a backstage shenanigan? I love, that's my favorite thing. Well, and honestly, I think there is a special little 
craftsmanship and all of that because in a weird way uh it's almost like taking class a little bit because you're improv well yeah you're improving but at the same time really trying to you know still do the show oh, and yeah. i remember a very uh well-known actress that we did a show with once who was from the Steppenwolf company. Mm. And she literally looked at us and was like, don't you guys have fun on stage? How come no one's having fun? Oh my gosh. And so she literally gave us like jobs to do. Remember during the show and she, one day she was kind of like, okay, um, you have an orange, you're going to take, take an orange and you have, <laughs> you have to give that orange. And she started giving us like little jobs. Oh, I the love show. that. Yeah, we would do that too. It'd be like, so you're going to walk on stage like you just lost your wallet, but you have to say your lines. <laughs> yeah. And so it, you're it, like looking around for your wallet, but you're like saying your lines. <laughs> I had a joke with a friend of mine and I would, we had this cross we had to do. Huh? Um, just a big, broad cross. Like people are traveling through like, you know, Times Square. Um, and every night I would give her a different assignment and uh, it was, it was two extremes. She okay. had to play both extremes in the cross. <laughs> and so it would be like, you have diarrhea, but you're, but you're lost. Yeah, right, right, I was right. about to say you have diarrhea, but you're also very horny <laughs> or you just won the lottery, but you're terrified of spiders. <laughs> no, I love that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that anyway. was my favorite and then watching her execute it was like did anyone ever catch what's with that woman who's <laughs> <laughs> like watching where she's looking but then like hooray <laughs> oh my gosh wait if i could just tell like two more stories about this elvis show yes please it was it was on theater row and my niece came to see it and she was like a little confused by it but whatever um so t so we had decided it was one of the gal's birthdays and there was a, there was like a group dance right and during the dance we're all supposed to turn around and go mad shadow well we had decided slash not me but i went along with it like none of us are gonna say it so <laughs> so when it's supposed to be like the entire work like the entire cast saying mad shadow she was the only person that said it. <laughs> and she was like, what the F, you guys? <laughs> she was not happy. And then I have to tell you, this character's name was Matt Shadow. He was the only African-American male on the show. And he was, he was, had to wear bell bottoms, a butterfly collar, and a huge afro. Well, he was a beautiful black man who happened to be bald in real life. And one night his wig fell off like center stage. And we were rolling, we were howling. We, one, I mean, one of the leads like had to leave the stage and was like, I'm out, I'm done, like I'm done, I'm done. Your hair is on the floor. Like it was a full, it wasn't a dress rehearsal, it was a performance. And his wig fell off center stage. It's hysterical. I have one more. What, what's yeah. yours? Okay. Do you remember? <laughs> it was summer theater. We did. We were doing state fair. It was shuck, oh, shuck my corn night. I'm sorry. Where, what? Shuck my corn night. Oh. So wait, Laura, were you in state fair? I was not. No, I was. That right? Sounds yes. kinky though. Um, it, it really wasn't. It was just. <laughs> 
the rules were, um, and everyone was in on it. The rules were, especially if you had spoken lines, to try to work in the phrase "shuck my corn." I remember <laughs> that. Oh my god! So even down to so like uh, all during the show, people are saying "shuck my corn." So Robin Higginbottom just gets done singing. It might as well be spring, and and she's supposed to say, "Oh, oh Margie. Margie," and instead she says, "shuck my corn." <laughs> should have been fired (laughs) everyone said it but it got to be like ridiculous like every scene someone was like well shuck my corn um so much so that the stage manager tracy oh god i can't remember her last name but god bless her we should have all been fired all that whole summer um she said i don't think i was ever hired she came on the mic at the end of the show and said well shuck my corn that was an interesting show <laughs> oh, well here's the thing you need to have a stage manager that listen like they they're in charge right and you and you all respect like our our stage manager was top notch but she was like you guys like can you can you not be bringing food on stage like (laughs) (laughs) can you not be shoving oreos down somebody's throat yeah but yeah i mean honestly who knows? The book to State Fair could have possibly had 27 Chuck Mike Horns in it, really. I feel like it did. I feel yeah. well. it was in Iowa. So it was in Iowa. Yeah. So, That's all funny. right, Laura, I'm going to wrap this puppy up. Um, we love you very much. Here is, uh, I've, we've got three questions to go. The first question is during the COVID, um, whatever. It was, a, it was called a pandemic. Man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. During the pandemic, a lot of people start learning, you know, different vocations. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, become an excellent baker of bread. I'm going to learn French. Did you take on any brand new thing that now you say, oh, I studied Spanish? I did. Thank you for asking. Um, I started learning how to be a Reiki master. And do you know what Reiki is? Is that with the stones? It's not like well, you can do. It's like a healing modality. It's like is it like when you reiki the forest so no forest fires happen? You know the oh, rake, Stephen. No, no, Shug. No. no actual rakes are used. <laughs> it's rake. It's my healing hands, and it's the power and the energy of my healing hands that touch your chakras and clear your energy. I had my chakras touched once. <laughs> Okay, this is not. This is going the wrong direction. Going um, all sideways, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm currently on level two of the next level is like to become a reiki, a reiki master, where you, um, you're. It's like a, it's a, you're a healer. Yeah, and you just basically do not massage, but almost touch in a way to help people relieve stress, relieve. Um, maybe any sort of things that they're dealing with beyond beyond like a sports therapy yeah it's it's literally like i take my hands and i and i'm sort of like a like a vessel through which energy flows and i can feel like oh you know your your third chakra there's something stuck in there and like i help clear the energy um from your from your from your chakra system and each chakra has is a is a correlation to like your root chakra is um you know your your grounding and your your basic beliefs like food shelter water uh family um 
it's like I don't I don't know if you guys know what chakras are, but um So the chakra is also is what's that? Is it also about the chi, right? <laughs> it's not about the chi. That's I think something else. But um but that is a different form of a healing modality. So my my goal is to do uh, Reiki on animals, um, which is how I got into it, because um, a lot of dogs have fears or they bark a lot or whatever. It's sort of like a, a meditation slash energy transference where I'm just sending you for a better, you know, good energy. I need you to come do that on our dog. Listen, I just got my certification, so I will happily do that for your dog. Send me her his or her picture. Oh my gosh, he is. We love him to death, but it's it's. He's, he's not a pug. He's he's a pug, but he's not a pug. He's not a pug. Oh really? Yeah. He's well, like he a... might have a past life situation like that. I learned how to clear like cell memory issues, and it's all kind of woo woo. But I that's what I've been doing with my quarantine. No, that's beautiful. I love that. We love woo woo. Uh, um, <laughs> your my, your second question is, uh, you know, a lot of people had more time to sort of binge watch things that they normally maybe not wouldn't sit and watch 85 episodes of mm. Harry Potter. Um, did you yes. binge watch anything in the past? Yes, I like, did, oh. sir. Yes, I did. I had, I watched Grey's Anatomy from the very beginning. Wow. So that's like, I don't know, 87 seasons. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a commitment. Mm -hmm. But it really was helpful because it's like a little friend always there. It's like, you know, Mayor Beast Town I watched and then it was over in two days. And I was like, well, that's not satisfying. So I'm telling you, Grey's Anatomy, go back to the beginning. It'll take you months to get through. I did the same with The Office, Laura. Oh, you did? Oh, yay. Great. I love, love it. Him. Yeah. Okay, and so Stevie now is going to have the last question for you, and then we're going to just, you know, say our I love yous and goodbyes. But Stephen, take it away. Sure. Um, so Matt is uh, producing our friend Susan Derry's uh, holiday album. It's called I Wish It So. It's called I Wish I Had oh, One. Oh, I love that. I know that song, yeah. And, and so we've been trying to like talk about the power of wishes and what they really mean as kind of manifestations. I created this wish box thing where um, I write down the wish of each of our guests into this one place. It kind of developed into a document that has uh, the artist's photo and their wish next to it. it. It's kind of getting a little out of control in a good way, uh, where I think we're going to do some events in a uh, outdoor park uh, where these wishes are going to be everywhere and it's going to be a, a big healing event um, complete with like public art and um, Susan singing that song uh, so we're asking all of our guests if we had if you had one wish be it for yourself your family the country the world whatever what first pops to mind what would it be oh god I mean the first thing that pops into mind to be honest with you is to have a lake house <laughs> but maybe that's a little selfish <laughs> um uh uh let me think about that um well know, I'm, I, I'm gonna say if you do, do have a lake house it would never be selfish because you would use it to further anything that you've already done with your wonderful yeah. career to to give back to your community which you've already you know you've been doing well i mean i think that um, I'd really like 
to spread the kindness message and publish that book. And I would like to continue to be a really good influence for my niece so that, you know, I worry about her. She's growing up in this world where she has to wear a mask, right? She's 10 years old. We never had to do that. So, you know, my wish is, is, is just that for her, the world just gets better, you know, so that she can be a kid and, and that I can, I can be a, a, a really strong role model for her. You know, uh, that's, that's beautiful. Um, are we, when, when are we going to be able to, to buy and purchase this kindness book? Well, I have to, I don't know. I lit, I was Googling how to self publish today. I don't really know anything about it, but I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of the year, it'll actually be a thing that people can hold in their hands or, and, and, and experience and, and do, and hopefully like spread the word. Okay. Yes. Well, well, let us know. We will definitely help to spread the word here where we are. And we would definitely be a part of all of that. And through the alumni network too, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone at Shenandoah should buy one, whether you went there or you want to go well, there. Listen, Methodism is all about service to community, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Tie in. Yay. Yeah. Thank you for that. That yeah. could be a course book, you know? Yeah. Oh and my what God. we're trying to do is we're trying to at least see we're going to start with every 50, every 50 states. We want to see a picture of the book with someone in all 50 states before we go international and try to get every country. That's right. Oh, thanks for saying that. I love that. Oh. All right, Laura. Well, we love you. I'm so glad we could do this. I mean, it's, it's a shame that we have to have a podcast in order to have a great conversation with a friend that we I should talk to at least once a week or, or, or at least to Connie. Thank you. No, but thanks for asking me. This was really, really, really fun. And just like, you know, fed my soul. And it was, I, I loved connecting with you guys. Thank you. We love you back. It's good to hear your voice. And we'll try to catch up more often and be better alumni friends. Same. Thank you. Yes, let's do it. All right, Laura. All right, I love you guys. Love you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much, Laura, for joining us. Oh my God, we miss you. Um, we've known each other for like 25, six years, something like that combined. Um, and would love to keep in touch beyond this. About if you think it's lonesome where you are tonight, then you ought to be here with me. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Laura. Uh, Matthew, I have to acknowledge, uh, my Aunt Val passed away between the last time we posted a episode and now, and I just wanted to say, I love you, Aunt Val, and, um, didn't want to not say that, um, we are ending the series of season one, Connor and Smith show, uh, Friday, I believe, because tonight was like a pop-up thing with Laura that we wanted to talk to her, but we hadn't got a chance to. Um, we talked to her tonight. That will air. Well, when you're listening to this, it'll be Thursday. And then we have one more episode that will air on Friday, which is the Super Friends finale. Um, then we're going into season two in September. That'll be a spooktastic 
two-month season talking about get what i was gonna say cns is turning into creepy and scary well we're looking at and this is not to scare people off and i want to credit my mom for giving me this talking point you will not be scared i don't think i think we're looking at folklore and trying to find the explanation or the origin for why it happened and we're starting with a lot of local folklore around the DMV area. Um, and that's been fascinating. Did you know that the president of the United States, Teddy Roosevelt, once led a hunting party into Maryland to try to hunt for a creature called the Snallygaster? That's a true story. And they're still looking for the <laughs> Snallygaster. They didn't find it. Um, but origin stories of that things of that nature that that we find interesting how did these urban legends come to be and finding the truth that you know started them so yeah. so contact us if you have your own snallygaster <laughs> gaster snallygaster yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, let us know if you have stories that we don't know about locally or where you are locally yeah so we can talk about it we're going to start locally and branch out um we're we're in search of the um in local, search of we're in search of the local sasquatch oh is there one bigfoot i want to find littlefoot i think that's eddie spaghetti i think littlefoot is the baby of Bigfoot. I think Littlefoot is Eddie or Pug. I'm actually working on a children's book right now called <laughs> Littlefoot. The baby of Bigfoot. Get on your feet. Step touch. So Step also touch. in season two, there's going to also be some interviews with other folks just like this past season that we could not get together until the fall. So there's going to be other things that remind you of this season, but we're just going to take a different direction. And yeah, we're going to see where that goes. Um, but it's, y'all, people have put out Halloween candy in the grocery stores. It's still July. So that tells me people's appetite for fall is starting earlier and earlier. That's probably because it's hot as the blazes and we yearn for those sweater uh, bonfire nights. But we'll get to that. And we'll be happy to share all those stories with you. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website, www.connorsmithmusicals.com. That's Connor with an E-R. Find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Again, Connor with an E-R. And until we meet again, as we always say, turn, turn your, your heart, heart into art. art. Bye, everybody. Good night.